Talking with Girlfriends is our therapy, our entertainment, and our education. Join me, Madden Chate Jones, and my good girlfriend, Tennille Daniels, for an hour of healing through hospitality as we welcome friends from across the lifestyle and wellness spaces to join us for some good, healthy girl talk. Pull up a seat, get comfortable, and make yourself at home. You are now listening to Love Madden, the podcast. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. How are you? Fantastic. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Yes. I'm on the other side of surgery, so praise the Lord. Yes, and we know the listeners have been praying and cheering you on, so we're so grateful um, to you guys for that. And also, I mentioned that we were going through a lot last week on the podcast, and I got so many kind DMs. you know, people saying like, I don't know the details, but definitely praying for you and praying for Ellie. So thank you, sisters. Yeah. So what are you loving this week? So this is, um, we just wrapped week two of the 21 day love challenge. And, um, I have tried to be intentional about loving on myself this week. Um, now that we are back home. And so I spent some time earlier in the week getting back into my skincare routine because I was just using the little travel size. um, Nutrigenomas. Right. Um, So getting back into a skincare routine and I got my hair done. I got some butterfly locks in. So I'm feeling back easy breezy, but I had a little break there where I was able to feel my scalp and wash my hair and all that good stuff. Um, And I've been having nightly tea time rituals with my um, Dwell Tea for Love Madden blend. Yum. And so I actually have some tea on my desk right now. So thank you, Tanil, for that reminder. I have definitely been intentional about having tea every evening. And this is the first morning that I'm starting my day with some tea. So that's what I'm loving. I'm loving my loving myself. What about you? Yummy. Me this week, I am loving ice cream. I have mm. been craving ice cream ever since... Um, I got out of surgery (laughs) and I don't know why Maddie said, maybe your body needs sugar, but, um, (laughs) chocolate ice cream, banana splits. I'm just here for it all. So it's not as healthy as tea, but I'm loving on myself with a scoop of ice cream. That's good. Yeah. We had a banana split fail. Me and Ellie tried to be there for auntie (laughs) tea this week, but (laughs) y'all when the banana split got to, so this we're probably going too deep into this. So Maddie tells me she's going to Baskin Robbins. And so I thought there's a Baskin Robbins near my house um, or near my parents' house. And so I thought she was going there. Girl, when the banana split made it to where my parents live. It was banana soup. It was soup. But it was still good. Like I told Maddie, it all goes down the same way. And the bananas were good. And the um, nuts were good. So... And the love with the intention was there. I packed up my baby and brought you a Sunday all the way down the road because I love you. So sorry it was soupy. No, the intention was there. And I really wanted to see, I I had seen Maddie, but I also wanted to see Ellie Boo in the flesh. So that really made my day. So yes, I appreciate and love you for that. But um, you all get a little Sunday. A Sunday can just brighten up. Get you a Sunday. I love that. Maybe I'll get one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this week we are super excited to be talking about holding 
space. Um, We're talking about creating and designing good spaces, not just good spaces for us to dwell and reside within our home, but good spaces within ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, So we thought that it would be important for us. And Tennille's really great at this, right? Um, And I try to do better at this as well. But we thought it would be important for us to bring on a friend who we really consider to be an expert um, in the field of designing good spaces, both physical spaces um, as an interior designer, but also creating like good and healthy spaces within ourselves. So um, welcome to season three, episode three, Holding Space. Yes. And so today I am delighted to welcome to the table Rashida Banks. Rashida Banks is a lover of God, freedom, and all things beautiful. She has dedicated her time to helping women live a beautiful life, both simply and practically. She started off sharing helpful and simple um, makeup and natural hair tips, but has since evolved her love for home decor and DIY to helping women and families create beautiful spaces. And that just doesn't go for physical spaces either. Rashida is a huge proponent of personal growth and Mm -hmm. is committed to encouraging women to live their best free life with courage, creativity, and Christ. Rashida shares her own freedom story on her blog and social media platforms, along with amazing home decorating and renovation content. Rashida lives in the District of Columbia with her loving husband and their three, I think it's three now, but we can get confirmation on that, (laughs) dogs. Welcome to the show, Rashida Banks. Welcome, Rashida. Is that me? I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Girl, that is you. Wow. You, honey. How many dogs do you have? It's three now, right? It's three. Well, actually, technically, we have two that's our own, and we're watching our friend's dog for a year because Ooh. they're out of they're overseas. So we technically have three. I always say we have three dogs because he's he's with us for a long, long time. Okay, yeah, we were confused. I was like, I know the two dogs, but I right. for certain have seen a third dog hanging around there. Yes. I, was, I didn't know if that was their friend or if that was their brother. <laughs> it's, it's their cousin. Their cousin. Their cousin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, welcome to the show, Rashida. We're super excited to have you on. Um, it was so interesting when Tennille was talking about like your freedom story and how you, you know, you talk about like your emancipation day from um, your career and all of the success that you had before it and moving into the things that you're doing now. You were one of the main people to encourage me to kind of take the leap um, to leave my very secure good paying six figure job where I had 10 years of tenure um, to jump into where I am now. And um, I credit you for not just being like, hey, be all wild and jump out here, but for like showing me that um, with faith and hard work that it was possible. So thank you for that. Of course, yes. I, I, when I, when I took my leap, I didn't expect other people to start leaping. <laughs> it almost started to scare me a bit. Like, whoa, 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 everybody, wait, wait, wait. Um, y'all better make sure it is the y'all, Lord I, Himself y'all, telling you, because I can't help you if something goes left. Right. But um, I'm like super glad to um, be a person that like somebody can look to and find the courage and the inspiration to follow what God has told them to do, even if they don't know what's ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always been like a thing for me in life, just to make sure that 
I'm doing what Christ wants me to do and that it inspires other people to want to do the same. So, yeah. And you're real about it. Like you have been very transparent about the ups and the downs and it is downs y'all. So don't just be jumping all out here all wild because it's not just, uh, you know, rainbows and butterflies. Definitely not. We will talk about that. (laughs) Definitely not. Okay. All right, so let's jump in with our first question. So as you know, Love Madden is centered around this whole um, concept of healing through hospitality. And what we want to know is what exactly does that mean to you? How do you translate that phrase, healing through hospitality? How, how do you believe that we grow as individuals through how we relate to those who are around us? You know, I, I thought long and hard about this question because um, right now I'm in this process of um, learning about long suffering. And mm. it appeared to me that like a lot of us, we, I feel like we connect through our sufferings like the mm. most, even if you don't even know the next person, like somehow wow. we really connect through our That's suffering. True. And so, um, I would say suffering right now because mm. I can, it doesn't even have to be the same sufferings. I think that longingness mm. for whatever, for whatever we desire could be the same exact feeling no matter what it is mm-hmm. and we could share in each other's burdens lift each other up and kind of stand in the gap with each other so for me um I, I get so connected with people through my sufferings and through hearing about their sufferings mm-hmm. whether we're doing it at the same time or mm-hmm. maybe they were ahead of me and they're encouraging right. me forward or I'm ahead of them and I'm encouraging them forward so wow yeah. Yeah, that that requires some additional like digging in. Not today on this episode, but that is so like just good information. So we normally talk about things like trauma bonding, where mm-hmm. you're connecting with people through trauma and suffering in a negative way. Mm-hmm. But flipping that for the positive, I think there's so much power in that. So thank you for sharing it. Yeah, that's yes. really good. A, a lot of times too on the show, when I talk about the idea of healing through hospitality, it was born out of my like my what would I call my wife tribe, um, where girl of wife group of wives. Um, I was gonna say group of girls, group of wives who get together. It was every month um, to just talk about like wife life. And you're right. A lot of times we spent time. We 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 did talk about positive things, but we spent time talking about challenges, connecting around those things and encouraging each other through those things and holding one another accountable. So mm-hmm. I never thought of it that way, but that, um, and that's where the idea for healing through hospitality is born out of. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. It's that sort of co-suffering, co-laboring yeah. that we're doing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, let's, you know, we like to start not fluffy because that was uh, actually a pretty deep question, but mm-hmm. we go layer by layer by layer. So the next question that we're going to talk about today really just gets into the essence of who you are as a woman, as a business owner, etc. So mm-hmm. talk to us about what does it mean to create good spaces? And I want you to explain that to us as if we were an elementary age child. How would mm-hmm. you describe it? Ooh, okay. Um, So good space to me, how I would define that is a space that serves the people that live there and also serves the people that come into the space, that visit the space. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also a space where um, you get to be your complete self, not just how it looks, um, but you also get to everybody gets to be their complete self. And mm. um, for me, also, it's a place where you not only curate the beauty of it, like with the things and 
um, and all the furniture and the paint colors and all the artwork, but you also curate the presence that you wanted to give mm. off, wow. especially to those who live there and those who visit there. So yeah. to me, that's, that's a good space. Nice. I love that. Um, I think that's important, like energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you talk about people visiting. Have you guys ever noticed like someone might enter your space, then they bring their energy with them, right? Like they could lift it up, like they right. come in bubbly, laughing, joking. And sometimes people can come and kind of bring the energy down as well. Yeah. So yeah. that's important for us to um think about the kind of energy that we have in our space before we even invite people into it. And like you said, most of all, for those who live there, like that's most important. Yeah. Um, Okay. So what role has creating healthy spaces played in your personal story, your upbringing, your childhood? um, And how has it impacted how you show up in the world today? Like, has this been like a lifelong love for you? Is it something that blossomed in adulthood? It actually, it started as a child. So I, I grew up in Brooklyn um, in a in a brownstone before brownstones were cool and popular. <laughs> and I would help my dad fix up the brownstone that we lived in. So with like, for, like renovation of the kitchen or the bathroom. Um, but then I actually lived in two households. My parents were never married. And so my mom always rented and we never stayed in one spot for more than a year or the longest two years. So I moved Mm -hmm. a lot as a child. And one of the things that she did to make it a little bit appealing, because I hated moving, moving is so stressful. She made a little bit appealing by allowing me to always get a new bedroom. So I would always get like a new comforter, Mm -hmm. a new uh, curtains, new pillows. The bathroom was always very coordinated. We got a new bathroom set. Mm -hmm. So my love for um, building beautiful spaces and also just trying to Um, help my little heart that was so stressed out and didn't know how to deal with it was going into design and making it beautiful at least while I'm here it's going to look different from the Mm. other place and I can I can um, you know de-stress a Mm -hmm. bit because it was it was stressful uh, moving out so much so it started there um, and then as a child like I would watch all the HGTV shows like Trade Mm -hmm. in Space OG shows. Yeah. Um, what was the lady's name? Paige or something? Age. Yeah. <laughs> or, or or the while you were out. Oh my goodness. I oh, wanted yes. to be a part of all of those True. shows when I was younger. And so my love started um there. I would always I was a kid that always watched HGTV versus like let's say videos. I know music videos was like a thing back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um I never knew any of them. I've always watched HGTV. <laughs> like, I always felt so behind. Like, am I part of the culture or what? Don't worry. I still feel that way most times. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, in high school, um, they had a, an, an elective class, an interior design elective class. And it was the only year that they did it. And I was there. And so I um, applied to be in it and I got in. And that's when I started to learn like some technical things like how to draw out a room. And then um, from that class, they picked, I think, two people who were top in the class to go actually model a a modeled home to actually like rent, not renovate, but decorate a modeled home. Mm -hmm. And it was like a lot of other schools, high schools participating in this. And I got selected to be like one of the students to design an actual bedroom. And we got to go to this warehouse and pick all the furniture that we wanted, all the paint that we wanted. And that 
that was like I was like oh I'm in love I'm in love I'm in love I want I want to do this all the time so it started young and um throughout my life every time I moved I would always get a new bedroom just learning that from my mom growing up um actually in college I had like the most decked out dorm room like all, mm-hmm. I mean, I couldn't paint, but stuff was on the walls painted for me. Um, and so it's, it started there. But then I started to realize that um, although I have the things, um, I, I still needed to foster the presence that I wanted my space to feel mm-hmm. like there was still like a slight emptiness um, to it. And I kind of actually learned that in college because, you know, college kind of hits you different. You know, mm-hmm. you by yourself, you got all these anxieties and worries and you're, you're, on, you're on your own kind mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. And so I started to. Um, started to think more intently about the actual presence that I was creating in the space through the conversations that I might have on the phone. We don't know that all these little things that we bring into our space, what we watch on TV, the music that Mm we um, listen to can alter how the space feels no matter what's inside of it. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's when I started to really uh, try to bring the word of God in on a daily basis and started to see the change of how I felt. Even if I didn't have the things exactly how I wanted it, I noticed that that the the feeling of home started to become um, a lot closer and in, in surrounding me in my actual space mm-hmm. rather than just it looking pretty. So, um, wow. Long wow. story long. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's where it came from. Yeah. Wow. Go ahead, Manny. I, I I was just thinking, and I think this is probably where you're going with the next question. It's like this this love and this desire. Um, and I mean, my, my, I don't know, I might be veering off, was like kind of fostered like throughout like childhood and high school. And then we get to college and we feel like we have to make a decision about a major or a career that, um, and I don't know if Gen Z feels this as much because I feel like they're just out here doing whatever yeah, they, they do. Whatever they want. They just do. But like for us, you know, um, millennials, uh, you know, there was a lot of pressure to, you know, pick something and this might've come from our parents' generation or boomers or Gen X or whoever, but like that made sense and you can make money doing and something that was stable. Yeah. So it's like, we all sort of have this, uh, so many guests that we've talked to, you see it in their childhood. Mm -hmm. And then there's like this break where they like went to college and then got this job and then decided that that itch was still there. And then they went back. Um, which is that whole like liberation piece, but yeah, very, very, very interesting and also very relatable. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it goes back to what we've heard from, you know, guests like Unique and Lovey about just like the the puzzle pieces of your life um, coming together. Like we don't always know how the pieces will fit, but they Mm -hmm. all fit at some point. And I love, Mm -hmm. you know, how, what you just told us about you growing up in Brooklyn and doing home renovations with your dad. And, you know, we know um, Maddie and I are part of an accountability group with Rashida and we know Mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff that has uh, occurred in the middle. And so to see how that has evolved over the years is, is just wonderful. So the next question is, how and when did you decide to turn your experience with designing physical spaces into your expertise? Mm, Okay. So that story began, I would say like three or four years ago. And this is kind of what Maddie was alluding to earlier about me leaving my job and Mm -hmm. taking this big leap. Actually, my my Freedom Day, my Emancipation Day um, personal one is January 12th. So I just um, passed four years of not having a a steady, steady income. And we still Mm -hmm. here, nothing missing, nothing broken. Yeah. 
Um, but that started about four years ago. So I was uh, working at um, housing and urban development and I wasn't in anything creative. I was doing um, uh, research and um, data aggregation, nothing compared to anything that I aspired to do. And so one day, I know, very boring, very boring. One day, nothing happened because everybody thinks that something happened at work that caused me to leave. Like nothing happened. It was just like the Holy Spirit just kind of came upon me and was like, it's time to go. Mm. And so... Um, I didn't really know what I was actually going into or what space I was going to carve out for myself. I just knew that social media was a thing now. Um, brands are will pay you for content creation and will pay you for marketing and staging spaces. So I decided a month um, after that date um, to after that day that the Holy Spirit came on me, which is like around November ish that I was going to leave. And I had to um, tell my husband, tell my boss and all those people that I was leaving to go after this thing. I didn't really know what I was going after. Wow. Um, but the feeling just wouldn't escape me. Like the Lord was just like, no, you got to do this. Like it's not leaving. It's not going anywhere. So um, I left four years ago and I was still in the beauty industry at the time because that's what I knew. But during that industry, I just I just knew I did, that's not what I wanted to do. I, I hardly did my makeup only when it was necessary. You know, it was I wasn't one of those people that wake up and aspire to do or try like a new eyeshadow look. I was that person that aspired to like change my pillows out. Mm -hmm. um, and so one year it was um, the Lord was like pushing me like if you don't move um, the way I tell you to move, you're, you're going to fail. You're going to fall flat. Mm. And so I had to make a decision to um, get really serious and bold about how I wanted to um, work and show up in the industry, even though I didn't have like a record of interior rooms or anything like that. So I um, took this bold leap and decided to call Home Goods corporate office. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, I'm a, you know, I'm a blogger and I'm getting into the home decor space and I have this really cool idea and I would love to talk to your company about it and start blogging and influencing for your company. And they actually responded back and they were like, yeah, mm -hmm. we would love to talk to you. And so they were like my first real client in the interior design space, well, interior mm -hmm. design blogging space and it started there and then one of the things that um that, that sets me apart that I um pride myself in is that I like to look at what the the industry is missing not necessarily what everybody else is doing but what is it missing yep. especially from brand to home decor brand to home decor brand or from blogger to blogger I like to see like that little tiny spot that that's missing that most people might have a question about in their mind but mm -hmm. might feel too like fearful or timid to ask and I like to talk to that and so mm -hmm. my expertise has always been helping people be designers of their own home because oftentimes we show them like befores and afters but I like to take you through the process take you through how I think about it so that you can learn how to do it for yourself because there are the the industry serves um, either the people who have enough money to hire an interior designer which right. is not mm -hmm. many or mm -hmm. it serves people who want to do um, like e-design or something like that uh, but then there's a there's a small group of people who can't really afford either and mm -hmm. so you kind of have to teach it. The, the fashion industry has done a really good job at teaching people how to get the look for less, mm -hmm. how to dress your yeah. best. And I think that I want to be one of the people that brings that same exact teaching and understanding to the home decor industry 
for other people in that sweet spot that can't afford a full interior designer and or e-design, but they want to have a really, really beautiful home that speaks to them in their style. So that's that's in a nutshell. That's how I got into becoming an, an expert trying to serve that portion of people um, that need to know how to do it for themselves. Yeah, it, it's interesting because you said this launched around 2017. And I think this, our group, our accountability group that Tanil mentioned started meeting in 2016 mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. I left my job in August of 2017. So it wasn't that long after. Yeah. Um, but I remember during one of our meetings um, and, and Summer Theodore of JBK, who will be on later this season, says this all the time, um, reminds us of this all the time. She's also in our group that Rashida was, um, and and Rashida started to allude to this, was saying that if you don't do something with your dream um, or your gift uh, when you're supposed to, mm-hmm. God will give it to somebody else mm-hmm. or, or you'll see somebody else walking around with your idea, mm-hmm. your thing. And uh, Unique and Levy, Tanil, you mentioned them just a few moments ago too. They did a live last week and they echoed almost the exact same thing. Like we all have ideas, right? Yeah. Ideas are, I mean, I hate to say it, but a dime a dozen. Yeah. But it's the execution. It's the acting on what God gave you. Because I don't feel like he just gave it to you and he's going to wait all of eternity for you to do it. Right. Um, <laughs> if you don't get on it, you're going to see somebody else with your apparel line or your idea for interior decorating or whatever. Mm-hmm. So for whoever's out there listening and has something and they're feeling it, just just take that first scared step. Like just get started because it, it's nothing. That's, that's the biggest gut punch to see somebody else with your baby, but you ain't do nothing with it. Right, right. It, it actually yeah. reminds me of the parable of the talents. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, when the wicked when the wicked servant buried his one talent and um, God was like, what did you do? And he was like, you know, I was so scared. So I just buried it. You know, I know that you're a guy of, um, you know, you want your 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 money's back. And so what what um, talent actually means money. But mm-hmm. you know, most of us think that we're talking about like tiptoeing, like, you know, toe tapping, finger snapping, <laughs> singing. It actually means like money. But same difference right Mm -hmm. and he actually gave he took the talent from that one wicked one and gave it to the one that had more and so it's to me it's like a it's 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 very similar like if we don't use what we have the gifts that we have singing creativity interior design whatever have you writing speaking um he can take it from you and actually give it to somebody that actually is already doing it give them more and so I'm mm-hmm. always like afraid of that. Like, let me make sure that, you know, I'm using all that he's giving me um, and, and putting it out into the world and, and, and making sure that I'm serving him and doing his will. So, yeah. so that's a that's a major takeaway right there. Like, yeah. I feel like, you know, for those of you who listen and take notes and a lot of y'all say you take notes. So for those of you who listen and take notes, I feel like that's a major takeaway right there. But our next question is actually what is your greatest personal Rashida takeaway um, or, you know, lesson learned as it relates to your journey of like creating good spaces, both in the physical and the emotional, spiritual, you know, energy realm. We know that the two go hand in hand. What would you say is your greatest personal takeaway um, in that space? I would say that um, my greatest takeaway is, is really making sure that I work on myself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I can always tell 
what's going on in my head by looking around what's going on around me because so much of what's going on on the inside pretty much spews itself out on my entire environment so if i have a lot going on in my mind my entire space starts to look cluttered just like how my mind looks cluttered if um if i have a lot of tabs open like if you know me i'm a person that has so much tabs open in my mind if you go to my computer and on my browser i have so many tabs open up just like in my mind and so a lot of us don't understand like how what's on the inside comes out on the outside even Mm -hmm. if you are a person of perfectionism if you're a person that has to have great control over everything it's going to look like that in your space and people won't feel as invited when they come Mm -hmm. in because they feel like they can't touch anything don't Mm -hmm. sit here don't sit there because of what's going on in your mind and so uh, one of my greatest takeaways is to make sure that before I start even working on a space or um, before I before I even want people to come over I want to make sure that I'm in a good space within in my temple in my personal house Mm -hmm. because it really reflects what's going on in my surrounded physical house so that's one of my 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 greatest greatest takeaways just just as an adult as a as a christian trying to go from glory to glory that um i can always tell when something is going on inside of me because my space resembles it yeah and we talk so much about taking the time for self-reflection and assessment um and i've dabbled a little bit into you know interior design work and that was one of the things that i always wanted my clients to do before we got into you know what do you want the space to look like or you know what couch do you like or all those other things it's like how are you feeling what do you want this space to do for you emotionally and spiritually and so Um, You know, again, it just goes back to the core of making sure that you check in with yourself, um, you assess what you have going on. And then if you need to do some course correction before you think about making the physical space look different, take time to do that. Yes, Mm. yes. I I always say that um, you should... um, Definitely, I lost my train of thought. You should definitely um, edit your home, like edit your home in such a way that um, it speaks to all the things that um, you want to put into it. You want to make sure that um, you create a space that just gives off the presence that you want, like from the inside mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next question we have for you, because we kind of just talked about. Um, you know, women who might be listening to this podcast episode and they may want to go and create their good spaces within their home. Um, What do you want women to know about creating good spaces and holding space for themselves in their own lives? And you can just give us like one or two kind of key takeaways or practical tips that you would have for the listeners. Yeah. So plan, plan, plan. So oftentimes people, they go into like home goods or something like that and they see something that they really, really like. And so they just buy it, not understanding how it would marry well with all the other things that are coming into their space. Mm -hmm. So I like to use software like Canva or um, PowerPoint. If you're not familiar with Canva, it's very similar to like PowerPoint. And I like to just bring all the things that I want to bring into the space, all of my wish list things that I want to bring into a space into one page so that I can see how it looks together. Even if you can't, you know, get rid of the background or if you, if you know, all your, all your um, little, all the clippings might have like that white background to it. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Like just get it all in one get it all in one sheet so you can see how well it looks together. Cause oftentimes we might um, 
think that we need, we, we, we normally buy things based on like the need that we have right now, not thinking mm-hmm. about how it's going to go well with everything else. So yeah. do that. And then once you actually have the space down packed, even if you're not ready to buy all of the things, at least you have this plan and so that you can buy things, you know, over time. Or you can at least go into HomeGoods and say, hey, this looks very similar to the thing that's on my design board. Now I can buy this. I think oftentimes mm. we go to the stores, we buy things because we we see, see it, it we, in the moment. We see it in the moment. <laughs> we just want it. And I think it's okay to like see it in the moment and put it right back on the shelf. <laughs> that is, that's fine. Like let somebody else have that. You don't need to have that. Um, I appreciate so many different design styles that I, if I bought everything that I like, my house would be like, fill to the brim so definitely do that and I also say do a home edit oftentimes we have things in our home that we don't even really value you know you know Marie Kondo like just Mm -hmm. does it give you joy does it spark joy Mm -hmm. hold on to it and if it doesn't then decide if you need it or not so I always say do a home edit try to wipe down your spaces I think that oftentimes people don't know how how beautiful their space will look if we just clean up like wipe down the surfaces, you know, give everything a home, like have it organized and your space will actually start to look more beautiful than you thought by just wiping things down and editing them. So I would say plan ahead of time and it'll take you a little bit of time and then also edit your space. Don't buy anything until you actually declutter your space. And I'm talking to myself because I'm <laughs> so guilty of that kind of thing. <laughs> I have actually a question for you to follow up. So you talked about maybe editing um, your home spaces and that may require some decluttering and getting rid of things. Do you have like places that you use to get rid of home decor stuff? Do you just take it to the Goodwill? Are there other organizations where you can take, you know, furniture or pillows or whatever those things are? Yes, yes. So there is Habitat for Humanity. I really like donating a lot of um, builder materials there. And um, it doesn't, you don't always only have to do builder's material. You can do furniture there, you can do lighting, anything that's for the home. And it's also a really good place to shop too. So if you're into refinishing furniture, like I was, I was really into refinishing furniture, you can go there and shop for some things to um, put into your home as well. There's also, of course, Goodwill. There, there are organizations. Um, from state to state that have uh there's an organization i forget the name that's here in dc once i once i get it i'll send it to you guys you can put it in like the show notes or something like that okay but it's a organization where they give families in need of making a home the furniture so whatever you Mm. give them they give it to the family for free so i always prefer to give my my furniture and any pieces the core pieces to them because they don't sell it back to the family Mm. they actually like give it to the family and they'll, they'll create full rooms for family like beds and um desk for the children and oh, like love. yeah it's 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 so beautiful I we found that they're in Silver Spring in, in our area and they I don't think they go from state to state but I think that there are different organizations state to state that do the same exact thing so it just mm-hmm. takes a little googling digging around so instead of always just taking everything to goodwill try to right. find a place like that that actually gives back to those who are in need and they do it for free for for the family so those are some places to you know give your give your furniture to Great. Thanks. I got a couple of bags I need to, of pillows and stuff that I need to take somewhere now. So I appreciate that. Yes. I love the connection you made between the fashion industry and the home design industry, especially because we're all home right now. Like I've done more stuff in my home in this last year because I'm just here. Um, 
than, you know, definitely than in the year prior. But one of the things you talked about with the home design is to edit your home. And I love that language because you hear a lot about it in like fashion when they say like shop your closet. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like, look at the stuff that you already have and make changes. Tennille will tell y'all, I am famous for this. I'll move something a dresser from my dining room to my guest room or my pillows. And people yeah. are like, oh, you switch stuff up. And I'm like, I really didn't buy that much. I'm just moving things off of my phone, <laughs> putting things in storage and pulling them back out later because things cycle back um, so that you're only adding a few pieces. So yes. I love that. You don't have to have a ton of money to create a beautiful space. And also for people like us, um, and I imagine a lot of our listeners um lean toward the creative side. It's just a fun outlet. Like I just be liking to move the stuff around because I just like doing it. Yep. Yep. And I, and I also say too, like we don't have to design um, our space because the world says to design it a certain way. So let's say for example, you have a dining room and you're, you're the way that your family uses the dining room might not be in the traditional way that most people use a dining room. So Mm -hmm. I say design the space how you need. So for us, we're, we're redoing our kitchen right now in mm-hmm. our dining space. And instead of making it a dining room, I'm making it a dining lounge because it's mm. a place where Jason and I, that's where we kind of first meet for the first time every day because he gets up before I do. Mm-hmm. So he's normally sitting in there reading or something like that. So that's the first, first place that we meet. We do eat in there. But crazily enough, when people come over to our house, they always gravitate to that particular space instead of mm-hmm. our family room. Mm-hmm. And so I have to make sure that I create that space in such a way that it's loungy and comfortable enough mm-hmm. and not so traditional and um, formal. proper formal like a dining room. Right. And mm. so just keep that in mind, especially now that we're all home. We have so many dead spaces in our house, like the like the guest bedroom. No one's in there right now. So maybe change it into your workout space or your or your like work from home space. Mm-hmm. And we have di- my mom has a formal dining room in her home and she changed it all into her work from home space. And it's beautiful. So just know like you just because it's called a dining space doesn't mean you need to use it as a dining space. That's real. And you 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 opened with that, too, about creating spaces that serve the people who live there. Yep. So we. um Yeah, my formal living room was my office space. But then once Ellie got mobile, that was the end of that. So I had to move it to someplace with a door um, because that better served me in that season, right? Um, But our, I guess you would call it like a sunroom, we've made into this like, it almost looks like a coffee house. Like we have like our electric kettle there and our coffee maker and all that kind of stuff and like a nice sofa and some cushy chairs and some floor pillows. And it's like this very cozy lounge space because like you said when people come to our home that's where they gravitate but like it gets a lot of light so like we just like to be there as well it's a beautiful sunset back there um so we just switched it up like I think it was supposed to be a breakfast nook but we just decided to make it what works for us and um it's my favorite room in the house now yep yeah it's super cute yeah. Yep. So now we're going to get into the deeper dive question. So like mm. Tanil said, Rashida, we peel back the orange, you know, the, the, the skin, the rind, and then we got into the flesh. So now we're getting to the core here. Um, so I will start with our first deeper dive question of the episode, which is what is the biggest surprise that you've had in the last few months? Um, that's a good question. Like I would say my biggest surprise is probably, uh, being able to be a design contributor for Emily Henderson's blog. Yeah. Snap, 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 snap. (laughs) I, 
I was not expecting that. One of my friends actually is one, and then she connected me to Emily's team. And so if you would have asked me back in September of last year that I would be a design contributor, I would have been like, how, what, you're crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, And But yeah, like that's been like the biggest surprise. And her team has been um, so gracious, so helpful, like lending a hand like every which way. Like it's, It's almost unreal, like, whoa, like. Are you guys sure? Like giving me so much so like so early on. And so that has been like a really big um, surprise here. And also just doing our kitchen, because if you would ask me again back in September that I will be doing my kitchen and that it will be fully sponsored, Mm. I would have told you you're crazy. You know, like I need to improve upon my content or I need to get better. Like I'm not there yet, but here I am. So that's uh, the word right there. Right. Yes. Think about her timeline. I mean, we are just at the very beginning of 2021 and she's telling y'all that she didn't even know what the idea was mm-hmm. at the very beginning of 2017. And here she is. And actually while we're on that, before I forget too, where can people find you? Cause if they're not already following, I want them to be able to look at the amazing work yeah. that you do. Oh, thank you. You can find me on Instagram at Rashida.banks. That's R-A-S-H-I-D-A dot banks on Instagram. Um, you can also more than likely find me on Pinterest. Too. I'm, I'm pinning all day long. And so <laughs> you can find a lots of different ideas on Pinterest. If you follow me, I'm not Pinterest.com slash Rashida Banks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, Facebook, I'm on Facebook, but you know, who does mm-hmm. Facebook that much? Who does that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm about to be 40, so maybe I do. Oh, <laughs> girl. <laughs> I think that is like the 50 and 60 club. It's a new 30. Yes. <laughs> okay, perfect. T, you want to go into the next deep dive? Yeah. So, what is something that you are really excited about right now? I mean, you have a lot of great things going on with the blog with Emily Henderson and the um, kitchen renovation, but is there something else that you're super excited about that's in mm-hmm. the, coming down the pike? I'm actually, it's not even home related. I'm actually excited about my weight loss. I'm on this weight loss journey. Uh, I'm doing Noom for the first time. I heard so many good things about it. Oh, you Um, are? Yes, I heard so many great things about it. I have too. So I actually really enjoy it. I've been on it for about three weeks now and I really enjoy it. It's it's the psychological way of um, losing weight. Um, Mm -hmm. I never tried that that route before. Everything has always been like diet or restrictive. And so Mm -hmm. I'm very excited to be on that journey because um, it's it's part of my journey of also becoming a mother, too. I'm an aspiring. I always say I'm an aspiring mother. Mm -hmm. And so I'm on this journey of just bettering my fertility and my reproductive system. And so part of that for me is dropping the weight. I really need to drop the weight. Um, and so I've been on this journey. Uh, I'm excited about it because it's a new thing. It's a new way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily excited about eating healthy and working out, <laughs> but the and whole I idea. I about ice cream. Uh- <laughs> well, let me tell you, when you were talking about ice cream, I was like, yes, Tania, I was going to get some. Actually, I, started, I, I tested out this cashew milk ice cream. Ooh. So very good. You can find it at um, Whole Foods. It's it's from the So Delicious Dairy Free. It's the salted caramel cluster one. Oh, That's so I have delicious. Okay. Those dairy free ice creams are bomb. Bomb. I was like, why didn't I know about this before? So I'm actually going to be indulging in this weekend with you, Tanil. So don't Thank worry about you. that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, so I feel like I have to check out Noom. Like they always, I always see the sponsored ads mm-hmm. in my algorithm. Um, because I feel like Instagram can read my mind. Like if I'm right. sitting there thinking about like, Lord, this FUPA, and then next thing I know, the Noom pops up <laughs> as my next little sponsored ad. But um, 
I hadn't looked that much into it. So I'm, I think I'm going to try it out too. Yeah, it's really good. I really like it. Okay, so we're going to switch a little bit of gears. And the next question is, what is a recent failure or setback that you're actually proud of? Ooh, okay. So I don't know how recent is recent, but back in 2018, we, me and my husband, we had like a really tough financial year. And I had decided, like I, I was not listening to God and what he was telling me to do because it didn't make sense to me. So I was like, that doesn't make sense. It must not mm. be God because it didn't make sense mm. to me. And mm. so I started to create a like a, a an online store on Etsy that did like um, uh, word art, not word art, but like art for your walls. But, you know, mm. it had like encouraging words on there. Mm-hmm. And I thought like I spent like two weeks creating all the designs, thinking like this is going to make uh, $20,000. I was so ambitious and you know, crazy. And I was like, you know, it's going to, it's going to help us and get us out of where we are. And, you know, my husband was working on what he was working on. And, um, I put so much time and focus into it at a time where I didn't feel focused at all because we were, it it was a time where, you know, we didn't know if we were going to lose our house, lose our cars. And so I was, I was so happy to gain this focus on creating this, this collection of artwork. And when I released it, it totally flopped. Like, Mm. I think we had like five sales. (laughs) It was terrible. I was like, (laughs) what in the world? Um, Like no one took it. And and I, and I have, I had a large following at that time, like maybe like Mm -hmm. 20 or something thousand. And people were just like, "Mm." no thank you girl like this is cute <laughs> a couple of people bought because they you know like my friends Support. um but it did not take but one but I'm proud of it because um one it taught me that um I should always listen to God first because if I don't I'm, I'm I wasted two weeks um putting together something that he he didn't tell me to do mm-hmm. and um two it it just showed me that um in the in the midst of certain circumstances that I I could find a way to carve out focus and carve out time to actually pay attention to the things that he does want me to do. So it it, it was good in a sense because it taught me a lesson about uh not 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 obe- not being obedient to God. Mm-hmm. It taught me a lesson about that. And so mm-hmm. um and, and how much time you lose when you just don't listen to him the first time. Like what he really wanted us to do, you guys know the the testimony. Mm-hmm. What he really wanted me to do was call my 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 mortgage company and say that we couldn't pay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, That that sounds crazy. Like, why would I do that? Like, that's how how I'm gonna tell them I can't pay. Like, then what? You know? Well, back right. up, you know, we're coming to get your house. And so I actually ended up doing what he what he told me to do because I had no choice at that point, no choice at all. And uh, we ended up um, having $5 mortgage. I didn't need to sell any artwork for that, you right. know? Um, and so it, it just taught me to listen to him in the first place because it caused so much anxiety during that whole two week, three week period that I was creating and trying to launch something when I could have, you know, saved myself from that and just listened to him in the first place. So mm. um, I'm grateful for the for the uh, for the little test that he gives me throughout life and <laughs> and feeling at them and then learning from them as well. But. That's a word right there, y'all. I don't, I hope y'all are picking it up. Like every answer she gives, there is a word embedded within the response. I mean, this whole piece on obedience, listening the first time, not making it harder on ourselves when, you know, and, and, and she opened by saying it didn't make sense to me. 
She didn't move forward because it didn't make sense to her. But sometimes that's what our faith walk is about. Like, does faith really even make sense? Honestly. Um, So it's really about trusting our intuition. And and I'm going to talk about this a little bit in the word too, but like that quiet time where we're able to hear from God to know that it's from him is important as well. So like Rashida, you're taking me somewhere right now. um, And I really appreciate it. (laughs) His ways are not our ways. And it's hard to even... His thoughts are not our thoughts. It's, it's hard to even comprehend all of that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's he's the one that makes a way out of no way. And we, I feel, like we I feel like we try to help God sometimes. Yeah, we do. Because we, like, we try to control the situation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He does not mm-hmm. need our help. He doesn't, he doesn't need us to do it, what, we, what he's told us to do. He doesn't need our help in figuring out the solution. Like, yeah. And, and we certainly don't need to try to bend his will to align with ours. We mm. should be aligning our will with his, you Amen. know, and it's, it's hard because we're human and we're, we're, we're taught, especially as women and black women to be self-sufficient, right. to make a way to get it done. And so it's hard to put um, our trust and our faith into this being that we can't, you know, see that's not tangible. Like that's a challenge for us because it's counter to what culture and society teaches us. But the minute you get that piece, oh my gosh, the doors that'll open. Yeah. It's yeah. 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 The freedom that comes, even if you're freedom, if right. you're still in the midst of whatever you're going through. There's like the peace. There's freedom and peace yeah. in it. Yeah. 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 It's hard to explain. Um, it's hard to explain unless you've experienced it, but that's what something supernatural is, right? It's not meant to be easy to explain. Um, it's not meant to necessarily be tangible. It's, um, it's when you know, you know. Yep. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And while we're on the topic of God and, you know, all of the miraculous things that he can do if we're obedient to him, the next question is, what is something that you stand in need of right now or that you look forward to making happen or have God making happen for you? Hmm. Okay. For me, so so right now I, I've, I've been called to memorize scripture. It's not something I've been very vocal about. I've kind of been like doing it on my own. And um, it's kind of uh, intimidating a little bit because you're just like, well, you want me to memorize chapters of the oh, Bible? Uh-huh. Like, oh. <laughs> um, in my mind, I'm like, for what? You know, like... Right. <laughs> <laughs> what am I preparing for? Like, I need to know now. Um, I'm trying to be no preacher. Right. That's what it sounds like, though. Is giving preacher. I don't know. I don't know. So I, I've had I had two dreams back to back. Just like little little short. So I had two dreams back to back. I won't tell. I won't spare y'all the the whole details of the dream. But both dreams were alluding to the fact that I need to know scripture, or, or else the enemy will, could get really close to me. Wow. wow. Um. Because each time in the dream, I only could remember a small portion of this particular chapter in the Bible. And so every time I remembered and started speaking it, the distance between me and, me and the enemy got wider. And every time wow. I forgot, wow. the distance between me and the enemy got closer and closer and closer. Mm. And it showed up two times in a dream, like two different times in two different dreams. And I was like, well, let me just start memorizing. So, so, <laughs> yeah. so I know almost all, I know almost two full chapters and I'm working on my third. Wow. Um, of like, like fluently, like I can just, you can ask me and I can speak it fluently. Um, and the thing is we're we're supposed to hide the word of God in our heart, um, because you don't know when you you're going to need to pull it out. Sometimes you might not be able to look at your phone. Sometimes you might not be able to pull out your Bible. You're like maybe standing in line and you start to get anxious. And if you can speak Mm. those words from out of your mouth and, and, and you know enough of it, I, I, 
I can guarantee you the burdens and the thoughts start to just fade away. So what I'm standing in need of right now is just the, the courage and the, and, and the brain power Mm -hmm. to hold all this information and keep it and not lose it and, and use it. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm standing in need of right now. I think, um, I, I had a struggle with infertility for a long time and the the pressure of other people becoming pregnant all around me, like it's happening mm-hmm. all around me. It, mm-hmm. it, it pressurizes it even more. And so right now I am be, I'm trying to be, be content with where I'm at and be joyous in, in where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. And so I had somewhat lost my voice in the Christian community or just in my personal community with my with my audience online because I was dealing with this thing on the inside. And so I am regaining my confidence, regaining my relearning the knowledge um, from the word of God yeah. so that I can ready myself to actually come back um, better, stronger person and equip my community, not just with home decor, but with um with uh, tools and tips and practicality of how to, you know, better yourself on the inside. So that's one mm. of the things that I'm standing in need of just making, just trying to rebuild my confidence in what I know about the word of God and actually going back out and speaking about it again, because I fell so far behind because of my own personal struggle, just trying to understand like, why does the Lord have me here? Mm. And, you know, you know, I, I do all these things, God, like, come on, like, what is mm, this? What's yeah. going on here? Why would you do that? It, it, it felt cruel in a sense, mm, but um, mm. what, like what might feel bad to us actually is a good thing to him. Like we need to understand what suffering means to him because it, it, it feels bad to us. But when right. we understand what it means to him, then you start to like be content with where you are. So right now, um, just the, the brain power to hold all these scriptures in my mind and then also the confidence, the rebuild of confidence to go back into the world and start speaking his word again. Wow. Amen. We're going to oh, put that up in a prayer for you. For, for sure. sure. And like even all of the pieces that you were just saying about like, why is this happening to me? And this feels mm-hmm. cruel. And I mean, like, yeah. I think we all experience that because, you know, even with my own fertility journey, I think sometimes, you know, God, are you punishing me for something that I've done, you know, in the past? Mm -hmm. Like, why me? You know, I've done X, Y, and Z. And, you know, sometimes God just has, not sometimes, but always, God just has another plan um, or has a plan for us that we just don't understand. And it's Mm -hmm. not like he's punishing us. He's, we're his children and he loves us, but Mm -hmm. there's something bigger and greater that he wants to do with what he's putting us through. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I I always say that God does not take any pleasure or joy in my infertility and your infertility Mm -hmm. and in the things that, um, in in anybody's, you know, lack of reproduction or wherever you are in your signals, he doesn't, he doesn't take any joy in that, but he does love what it is doing to our hearts and how it is making us hungry for him and thirsty for him. And Suffering, long suffering takes us from glory to glory in a way that contentment cannot. Like when you're mm. happy and grateful, it's it's cool, right? You don't long for God in the same way. But when you're in long suffering, it literally squeezes sinful natures out of you that you didn't even know that you had, mm. that you now get the opportunity to repent for, which then takes you from glory to glory to glory. So it wow. sanctifies you. 
Girl, so, I need that lesson in long suffering. I'm waiting till the, I, it's not a curriculum, but I'm waiting for whatever series, <laughs> package. I don't know what you're going to put out, but I need I don't it know, all. Either child, I don't know what, what I'm preparing for, honey. Girl, but, right. We're sitting here joking, talking about preacher, but you're preaching right now. Right, I mean, it ain't, right. I mean, you're doing it right now. It, it, I, I I once heard, and I always held on to a pastor said, um, and I'm sure I've said this on the show before, because I say it all the time, but. Adversity draws us near to God and prosperity can move us away from him. Mm-hmm. And so when we are suffering, when we are going through these difficult, you know, seasons, and sometimes the seasons seem like it's just like the whole forever, mm-hmm. um, there is something good. Like she said, the heart work that comes mm-hmm. out of it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is really good. Yes. This is really, really good. Yeah. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me. Like this is this this these are the kinds of things that I need because it it gets me excited and pumped up like woohoo like <laughs> yes I love talking about these things and with COVID you know you don't really get the opportunity anymore to assemble and 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 meet with each other so this mm-hmm. has been like amazing really amazing. thank you and thank you for all of our listeners who were tuned in y'all thought y'all was gonna get a show on interior decorating but ha ha you right. got more than that right. well, the, the interiors <laughs> of your temple you know yes. Yes. <laughs> all right so with that being said we are going to transition to the next to last segment of the show which is a word with madden and i feel like rashida already delivered the word but i went ahead and put one together so i'm gonna share it with y'all like to hear here you go so this week we are focused on Matthew 6, 6. I'm looking at the new international version, which says, when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And some um, versions say, and will reward you openly or publicly for what you did Um when you came to him in private. Mm. So here's my thought. We hear people talk and write and preach and speak all the time about the importance of quiet time with God. We talk a lot about that time, um, time that's dedicated not just to talking to him, but to being still enough to hear from him. Uh, Many of us do try or at least hope to get some quiet time in our days. For some of us, that looks like an extra long shower, my quiet time being a shower more often than not. Mm-hmm. It might be a silent commute, uh, a morning moment at our desk before we get the uh, influx of emails or an evening with, uh, with tea or with a good book curled up in our beds. And while those morning and evening rituals are super important and we should all do it, I think it's just as important for us to prioritize having a quiet space as it is for us to have quiet time. The Bible in the passage that I just shared instructs us to find somewhere private to go for prayer, somewhere hidden and secret. Um, It reminds us specifically to, quote, close the door so that we might be hidden away. And This hit me as not just a literal sense of hiding from others who might be in our home, right? Like we hide from our kids and our spouse, Um, but also in the much more relevant sense of hiding ourselves from distraction and constant connectivity. So whether you're single, whether you live with others, I think we need to really think about what the application of that word hidden or secret means to us today. So this is a space free of televisions, of phones, mobile devices, tablets, computers, all of that. Um, instead, I would um, urge you all to 
turn to a physical Bible and a pen and paper, right? So that we're disconnected, not just by closing the door, but by disconnecting from um, those devices. And it can be something as simple as a closet or even a quiet nook away from others, but make the quiet time, but do it in a quiet space. So here's the practice for this week. Um, Everybody that's listening, I want you all to think about and then dedicate a space in your home for your quiet time, not just a quiet place, but somewhere that is secret where you can be hidden from distraction. And with that being said, we will go into our favorite part of the episode, which is the question of the episode. All right. So today's question is, what physical space have you or will you dedicate in your home to your own well-being? And we'll start with you, Rashida. Oh, okay. So my favorite space, and this is probably uh, might be a surprise to others, but it's it's my shower. I mm-hmm. I meet God in the shower. We talk oftentimes. My husband always knows if something is really wrong with me, I go take a shower. <laughs> um, and sometimes, like I'll light a candle if it's like nighttime. I'll light a candle, or I'll, I'll just turn the lights off or something like mm-hmm. that and light a candle. But it's my secret place it's my secret place my that I go meet with God um it's not even necessarily like fully designed in the way that I want it to be but um that is my my secret hiding place with God um and for myself and sometimes I have like a little I have a little office in the in the house and so that's also a place that I like to read um like things of the word of God or listen to teaching and things like that but for me it's the shower Mm. Love that. Yeah, I love a a nice long shower. This is kind of random, but my parents have this amazingly big shower with like this um, shower head that has all these different like settings, like rain showers and Mm -hmm. all these different things. I love just going over their house, taking like 45 minute showers. They have like a bed. I mean, you know, me coming from this one bedroom condo where I just have like a standard shower. That, mm-hmm. Those showers are bay. And so when I was recovering from surgery, being there and being able to take those like amazing showers was so clutch. Yeah, for sure. So right. Tanil, what's yours? Mine is a, a place that I have in my bedroom, but I want to do a little bit of... Um, editing of this space but it's a little like reading nook um in the corner of my bedroom it's near um the balcony door so it gets like a lot of light and I just have like a simple chair and an ottoman that I can put my feet up and um you know put a blanket over if I'm cold you know it's a little cozy little nook and so that is my space um I'm looking to actually get a new chair for it because right now I have like this leather chair that's cute, but it's not giving me all the cozy vibes mm-hmm. that I'm looking for. So that's my my little area where I can read, pray, sit and just think, look out the window and, and just have that quiet time. Mm. Tanil, you should add like a sheepskin rug to that leather chair. kind of cozies it up a bit. I've seen that for the toes. Yes. I love Okay, thanks, Rashida Boo. Yes. <laughs> All right, and Maddie, what about you? So for a long time, mine was the um, sort of coffee room area that I told you guys about because that's like what I designed it for. But increasingly, um, since the beginning of this year, I would say since the launch of the Love Madden shop, it's been our upstairs guest room, which also serves as my office. Mm. Um, before I really just came in here to do my work Zooms for you know my full-time job and 
that was it. But we don't really have guests. So I've been spending more and more time in here, like the bed, like everything, like the whole, not just the office part, but like they call it mommy's room. That's my, my husband's like, oh, you, you're going to your room. Um, and so I have my inventory in the closet in here and I put a second small desk in here for like podcast recording and love Madden work. Um, and on the smaller desk, cause my large desk has like a, a big monitor and all that stuff, but the smaller desk is really like clutter free other than my podcast mic and I'll, I'll hook my laptop up, but I have my write the word journal here. I have my goal planner. I have my Bible. I have my pens and, and I brought to Neil my cozier, more comfortable chair to the smaller desk. Mm. Um, and I have a little throw blanket underneath. And like, this is like my space where I have my journaling time and my quiet time. And I flip through my love series cards and all that good stuff. And then I've dedicated the bigger desk to like work, work, um, and I just think by separating it out, just having like a little writing desk, yep. it's helped me mentally to make that distinction between work and just like studying the word or pouring into preparing things, creating things for Love Madden, which for me is really a extension of my relationship with God and ministry. So it's my guest room office corner writing desk. Or your mommy she shed. That's a room because you don't have a shed. But it's like yes, it's my mama she shed. That's exactly what it is, and it's super cute in here, guys. I'll send you some video. Ooh, I gotta see it. Yeah. All right, Rashida, we love you so much. Yes. We thank you for being on. We hope that this has blessed you as much as it's blessed it has. us. It has. Yes. Thank you guys so much for having me. For sure. And when you think about the name of that organization, shoot it to us and we'll drop it in the show notes. But until then, you guys make sure to follow her, Rashida, R-A-S-H-I-D-A Banks um, on Instagram and all the other places that you can find her. Thank until you. next time. We love, love you guys. You. Bye. Thanks for listening to Love Madden, the podcast. Wait, are you subscribed yet? If not, what are you waiting for? Show us some love and subscribe, share, rate, and review. Yes, and then let's keep talking at lovemadden.com and at lovemadden on social. That's L-O-V-E-M-A-A-D-E-N. And connect with me at Tanil Daniels. That's T-E-N-N-I-L-L-E Daniels.